Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. But this is Beckan Sist. She's a principal dancer with Ballet West. So Beckan, um, I figured I'll just dive into some of these questions and we'll just take it from there. Obviously, a lot of dancers struggle with obstacles on their journey um, pre-professional to, to professional career. I would love to hear of any challenges or obstacles that you may have encountered and how you feel you've since overcome them. So I, one of my main ones, I would say, was I've never been like much of a go-getter. So I, in school, that didn't help me out very much, and especially <laughs> job when I got older. Um, I would also, like, I was too insecure to work on the things that I really needed to work on. Like, for instance, I naturally, I had the flexibility. I could do adagio, and I could do pirouettes. Sure. But, like, petit allegro especially did not come naturally to me at all. <laughs> but I refused to work on it because I was embarrassed to show them something. So I'd say that's been my biggest obstacle because still sometimes I find myself in company class and like, you know, I don't want to deal with this very well, you know, yeah. so I feel working on that, but you have to be able to get better. You have to work on the things that you're not so good at and really get out of your comfort zone. So I feel like being in a company and being pushed has forced me to work on those things. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It's like very um, somewhat refreshing to hear someone at your level in as a as a dancer to actually, I this for lack of a better phrase, come clean about not not wanting or I guess being embarrassed by what you see as being flaws in your dancing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So back in. In regards to um, food and nutrition, a lot of dancers struggle with body image related issues throughout their dance career. I'm very curious to hear how you have managed to keep a positive relationship with food and with your body. So I feel like I have tried, especially growing up. So I moved out to Salt Lake City and I joined the second company when I was 17. So I feel like my body was still changing and I was, you know, like going through a lot during that time. It was a huge move for me. Um, and so I think then joining the second company and working these long days, I realized like at first it was more like... Um, I didn't know what was going to help me. And I, I went through a phase where 
I wasn't eating enough. So I had just like, at, I realized like I was in a run of Sleeping Beauty for the first time and I couldn't get through it. I feel like it's taken so many trial and errors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, just the fact that you were 17, at 17, like you said, our body is still changing. Um, and you're also, I, I assume your mind is very much focused on the fact that you just moved to a new area. You're now joined a second company. You're probably just not thinking about how should, how should I incorporate like food into me being an athlete? Right. And I wasn't very educated either on period. Like I just didn't know. Dancers don't realize how beneficial eating smaller, more frequent meals throughout their day might be. Like, so many dancers will have like a big breakfast, big dinner, and then have these multiple smaller snacks throughout the day to kind of keep up their energy levels without really weighing them down. Uh Uh-huh. So was there ever a time in your professional career where you started to realize that food was impacting your ability on stage? Yeah. When the first time dancing Sleeping Beauty, the full length, I wasn't eating enough. So I had to figure out, you know, what does my body need? Like what's going to help? So you just have to write things for yourself. And that took me, I would say years. Yeah, sure. Sure. Definitely learning from experience. And I think it's really important to realize that protein, carbohydrates, fats, Mm -hmm. they're all playing a role in your dancing. And it's important for other dancers to realize that incorporating all three of these macronutrients, um, in those meals and snacks is only going to benefit your performance. So what happened when you were just not eating enough and really experiencing low levels on your energy, obviously that didn't help you. And to enough where you remember that being a huge obstacle. Uh-huh. What is the plan now uh, being that we're still in the pandemic? So we're still, I mean, Ballet West is very um, hopeful, like, mm-hmm. They do not want to cancel things until we absolutely have to. Like our goal is to start maintenance classes next week. So we'll be in like different pods, and you'll be with this pod every day for I'm not sure, just for the foreseeable future for now. So we're gonna be in all. You'll be with one teacher. What What have you been doing since then, or since March? I would say, um, just to. What, what has been taking up your days? Obviously, we're not performing. So yeah. what's taking up most of your time now? So what really took up a lot of the time was we decided to start redoing, like, the outside of our house. And we've been oh, working cool. hard, like, yard work, all that stuff <laughs> that we don't have time for. Mm-hmm. That's been it. But I would say, like, for myself, I'm not a role model for, like, in shape during this time I have a hard time staying motivated if I don't have a deadline it's been really hard I would say I just started to get a little more motivated in the last um month mm-hmm. because I feel like there was you know like I could see the end of the tunnel in a way you know like it was beginning to look hopeful and being able to get back in the studios, but like just being back in there has like helped me so much. Yeah, definitely. You know, honestly, Becky Ann, I think it's very um, humbling to hear you say that you have been struggling to stay motivated. I can definitely relate to that. 
in regards to I don't like virtual dancing. I don't like I just dancing at home to me. It just doesn't you know dance is such a mental thing for me that it just doesn't do the same. I think it's really humbling to hear again that and for other dancers to hear that you know pushing and pushing and pushing yourself might not be practical in a time like now. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to get back in shape. It's going to happen. So I've just sort of been like, there's no need for me to, you know, if I want to, I will, but I'm not going to like be miserable and make when I just really don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, I love hearing this, honestly, because I think a lot, it makes me feel better, (laughs) honestly, because I really do struggle with the motivation. I think a lot of dancers do, especially because we're in a very unknown Yeah. Situation. It's not like you just have an injury and you're sitting out for a certain period of time. We have no control over this situation. So it's scary and it can be very hard to actually find motivation throughout it. So I think it's really refreshing to hear that if you don't have the motivation, you know, just be patient. Like we will down the road get into the studio and be able to work on our technique and get back into shape. Yeah. So I really love, I love hearing that. Um, can you walk us through a day of how you have been fueling your body, even if it's for yard work yeah. <laughs> to fuel your, fuel your body? I just sort of let myself do whatever I wanted. It was more just, you know, I'd wake up, I love breakfast. So I always have a big breakfast. <laughs> Lunch is usually, you know, like whatever's left over in the fridge or something I'll have. And then dinners also, big dinners for me. It sounds to me like during this time, you are more able to tune into your body, not planning so much, but thinking about like what you want in the moment. So it's more more intuitive. Yeah. In habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll, honestly, I have found that when I'm not exercising, I'm much more hungry. I'm sure there's probably some reason for that. Actually, no, there is a reason for that. I'm going to tell you what the reason is. (laughs) There's a reason because exercise blunts hunger. Sometimes when we're so busy and in a schedule in, you know, going from classes to rehearsals to performances and just exercise in general, the body will shunt our blood away from our stomach and rather to our muscles and our in our extremities. So that is probably why you feel hungrier now that you're dancing less. It sounds counterintuitive, but that is probably why. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is. (laughs) But now that I'm back in the studio, I am waking up still big breakfast for me. I have eggs almost like pretty much every morning, but when there's like the day that I just can't like a tortilla with tomatoes, bacon, and spinach, and that kind of, which is it? Oh, an avocado. Lunches are usually like, I love tuna salad. I'm mm-hmm. probably sickening how much I eat. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I happen to love it too, though. It, it is pretty good, especially with like whole grain crackers or even just on a sandwich. It's really good. Spinach and then, oh, with avocado on it. I love avocado. And then dinners are usually um, some kind of protein. And then I... We'll do like, you know, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, something like that. It may be like a sweet potato if I'm... Yeah, I mean, it sounds like everything is pretty balanced. Again, like I said, with those three macronutrients, thinking about your protein, thinking about your carbohydrates, um, and even a source of fat with your avocados. So I love that. That's great. (laughs) Um, Now, question. When you are actually performing and in your performance season, how do you handle... 
uh, those late night performances when it comes to eating later in the day. So we wake up breakfast and then we'll have like, you know, class rehearsals. And then there's that odd time, like finishing around three and then you don't right. go seven. So like usually right after rehearsal finishes around three, I'll have like a lunch. Mm -hmm. Planning around performances I find can be so difficult because the performance ends so late at the same time, you don't want to go into a performance where remember earlier when you said like, you just felt like it slowed you down having that heavy meal beforehand. So I love hearing again, what sounds like it's like you have this big balance breakfast, you have this big balance dinner after the show as a recovery situation. And then before the show, it's more just trying to find smaller snacks that are gonna really help fuel you, energize you, but not weigh you down. Do you ever feel like you need a snack midway? And I always try to make myself like every intermission, especially if it's like I'm changing, I'll like have a banner or just some or nuts, just something to like pop in my mouth. And whether it's a lot, like, cause I do, you know, get the nervy stomach thing where like I can't really hold anything down. Right. I'll still try to make myself have at least something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that's also the consensus I hear is fruit, nuts, dried fruit, these items, I mean, they're easy to keep backstage, easy to literally just like pop in your mouth while you're having a costume change. Um, and just gonna give you that little bit of energy that you need. So Beckan, I know you're teaching right now, aren't you? Off and how, on. How is that? How's teaching? Do you ever come across situations where you feel like you have to help a dancer if they're struggling with like their food or their body image or has that not really been something that you've come across? I typically like won't reach out. As a person, you have to be in the right mental state to talk about it in a way. So I, I mean, I am happy to talk to people, but I, I let the kids come today want to talk about it or ask questions really trying to harvest this environment over there that's very um inclusive and showing younger dancers that you know having a certain body type shouldn't be uh the determining factor of whether or not they can have a professional career as a dancer yeah really trying to just stay motivated with uh your technique and your abilities on stage so Beckan, I'd love to ask you how you would define what exactly a healthy dancer is. To me, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, a healthy dancer is a strong dancer. And I just feel like it's about balance. And I think it's completely different for every dancer. Like, no, I mean, some people, what I do wouldn't work for them. I think it's just, it's about finding what works for you. And so I would just say a healthy dancer is confident. I think what you're trying to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that a healthy dancer has balance with yeah. their physical health, with being strong, but you're not gonna achieve that if you don't have balance with your mental health and your emotional health. And I think a lot of dancers don't realize how important it is to have and, and work on their mental health and even their emotional health, making sure that they are choosing, like you, like you said earlier, a lifestyle that is practical and sustainable. Like right now, taking three dance classes a day is not practical and sustainable for you. That's not going to like make you happy, you personally. And I think it's really amazing that you're owning up to that. And I want dancers to see that, that you can still be a professional dancer and have periods where you're um, taking some time 
and honoring your mental health over the physical health, right? I think it's important to step away sometimes. Like I, like this time taking a step back has showed me how much I truly love it. Yes. And spoken to other people. I know of some other people who have realized that this isn't what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think this time has been po- like, we just have to look at the positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes so much sense. Um, I can definitely relate to the idea of having to, in the past, had stepped away from dance when I pursued my this career as a dietitian. It really made me realize how much I actually do love ballet, where I was heading down this road of um, putting too much pressure on myself, and it was turning my love for ballet into into just this thing that I just didn't love anymore. And I realized taking the two steps back made me go one step forward, realizing that, no, this is what I love and I want to stay in this community and continue to dance. So I think COVID has forced a lot of dancers to actually start reassessing that. Yeah, definitely. Becky Ann, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk yeah, to you. You're welcome. And like I said, just for everyone listening, it's very refreshing to hear Becky Ann talk about and open up about being patient with herself and her body and being patient with this situation that we're in that we have zero control over um, and, and trusting that dance will come back and and that normalcy that we once knew will come back it might take some time but we just have to be patient with the process